Digital Marketer. Today, it's Jennifer Spivak. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely, and in this episode, we're diving into a funnel that breaks all the rules, but works like a charm. Jennifer Spivak is a Facebook ads expert. She's been called the conversion queen by Forbes, has generated over $16 million in revenue for her clients. But what we're going to dig into today is a funnel she accidentally discovered, and it worked like magic for her agency business. That's right. This episode is specifically for all of you high ticket, done for you agencies out there in marketing land. (laughs) If that's not you, I think you'll still enjoy hearing about Jennifer's mission and business and why she's so passionate about helping women become financially independent. And with that, let's take a listen. Here it is. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I know you have, there's so many like golden, little golden nuggets that I know are going to be in this episode. So I'd really love to dive in just starting with your story, where you were when this all began. Yeah. So I'm a Facebook and Instagram advertising agency. And the important piece about where it all began is that, yes, we do Facebook ads, but Everything that we do is connected to how do we put more money in the hands of more women? That underlies every single thing. So where I was that ultimately led to this is that in my early 20s, I was in an abusive relationship. And being able to get out of that relationship, like alive, essentially, I didn't know it at the time, but had a lot to do with the fact that I had access to money. So unlike so many women out there, I didn't have to choose between, you know, getting out and being safe, but potentially having to like live in a shelter and then staying in this like terrible environment. So a couple of years later, I'm like kind of reflecting on and realizing how much my access to money had such an impact on my ability to stay safe and really just carry on with my life. And so that became the driving force of building a marketing agency. You know, Facebook ads are cool. I like to nerd out over them, but the real truth is at the end of the day, like to a certain extent, who cares? Like that's not the point. The point is it's an amazing tool when used properly to be able to, you know, enable all types of businesses, but especially women-owned businesses to be able to grow. I have an all-female team and we also have uh, a partnership with an organization that specifically helps survivors of domestic violence start their own businesses and achieve financial autonomy. So everything kind of comes back to that one thing. Yeah, I feel like that's so incredible, so so noble. And especially it means more when not only is it the focus of your mission, it's the start of your own story. And it's also kind of the start of someone else's story. When when it comes to partnering with with this organization, and by the way, what is the organization called? Just so if anybody's interested, they can. Yeah, they're called Free From. They're based out of Los Angeles and um, they are amazing. Awesome. So when it comes to this partnership, how did that begin? 
Yeah. So we had a certain point in the agency, I'd say maybe four years in where it was like, okay, like we're starting to make some real money here. And I always knew that philanthropy needed to be a part of, you know, what I did as I, you know, grew my company. And, you know, quite frankly, I just assumed there isn't any organization out there that would specifically just work on the financial element of domestic violence. There can't be anything that perfect. I guess I'm going to have to start my own charity. Like that was literally the conversation. I don't have time, but I guess I have to. And, you know, I did a quick Google search to see what came up. And it's like, first thing right there, it's as though my brain, you know, went and created a nonprofit without me knowing. And, you know, with this organization that, like, that's their sole focus, like handling the financial element of domestic violence, helping survivors, you know, recoup the costs of being in a relationship like that, empowering survivors to be able to, you know, actually be financially autonomous, potentially for the first time in their life so that they're never, you know, in that situation where they need to choose between feeding their kids and being safe. And so I see this organization and, you know, I reached out to them and I think they were like, oh, just want to make a donation. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm I'm part of you now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to create a partnership. And so that was a couple of years ago. Um, we now donate a percentage of everything that we make over the last several years. We also do their ads pro bono. I've gone, you know, out to LA to speak at their first ever Survivor Wealth Summit. And yeah, it's just potentially one of many, I was going to say the coolest thing, but one of many cool things that I get to do that, you know, make this about so much more than just, you know, business or Facebook ads. And we're going to get into the marketing, of course, but I do think there's something to be said about people here all the time to really nail down the customer avatar and really know your customer and know exactly who you're speaking to and to know them so deeply that you're partnering with an organization that is also helping them that with that specific mission, that mission is so specific. It's not just like, I want to help the world. So I guess I'll donate to charity. (laughs) I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs probably listening that are interested in, in how to find someone so specifically that, that fits your puzzle. And, you know, my secret is just a really good Google search. But, um, you know, I, I think to your point, so true, because they are such a small grassroots organization, like in terms of the organizations out there that work with survivors of domestic violence, like they're, they're, you know, kind of a, a baby at this point. But that means that I get direct, like I, me and the CEO are like friends, like we, we like text regularly. Uh, and we get like really specific updates of what our money's doing. So they send out emails that just gut me. Like I can't, I, ha- I have to like step away from my life for a minute because it's so much where I might literally end up crying on this podcast where, you know, they'll like say, you know, a testimonial from a client, you know, one of their programs is about helping survivors actually start their own business, which is so amazing. And, you know, there's this one sort of testimonial from one of their clients that I can never get rid of in my mind where she's like, nobody ever told me that like this thing that I could do, which was sewing, was a skill. No one ever told me that there was anything that I knew how to do that was actually valuable. Like, take my money. I 
I don't need it, <laughs> you know? And so being able to really hear like the real actual, Hey, we, you know, made a $10,000 donation this month and this is where it went. That's, that's some, that's some powerful stuff. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, let's dig into marketing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have a funnel that you discovered accidentally Correct. before we find out what that, how that even happened. <laughs> I want to hear about this incredible funnel. Okay. So let me just preface this with, this is a funnel that I use for my own agency lead generation. We have obviously, you know, a bunch of clients that we run ads for, and we're not using this for everybody. So it's not like this is the new thing. I think that this is a funnel that works specifically for any company that offers a high ticket done for you service. The done for you piece is really, really important because done for you buyers behave differently. And that is a piece of, you know, how I stumbled upon this, realizing that my agency clients or the prospects I want to attract for the agency don't want to watch a webinar on Facebook ads. They are a done for you buyer. They don't care. So the funnel is, and again, breaking, you know, in quotations, breaking a lot of the rules in terms of what you're supposed to do with marketing and Facebook ads. But it's a really, really, really simple ad or a couple of different ads, depending on if I'm split testing at any given moment in time. I am sending that totally cold traffic directly to a landing page where people can book a call with me. So it's just very instant ad, landing page, booking page, call booked. On the booking page, an important piece of this, even though it's a little bit minor or it seems minor, is the application form. So that's a, a, a huge piece of what ultimately makes this whole thing work in that anybody that's listening and has had any experience with Facebook ads will know it's Facebook everybody's there. You're going to get a mixed bag. Let's actually plan accordingly for that. And so my application form ends up being that last sort of barrier to entry of making sure that since we're doing ads to a cold audience to just go and book with me, we're not just getting any person on the phone. It's people that are the right people. They're properly price qualified. I mentioned my price uh, three times in my application form because one wasn't enough and neither was two, but three seemed to be the magic number and now people get it. And then obviously, again, people you know immediately click, land, and book very quickly, but doesn't stop there. And that's the part where everybody kind of like forgets about it. They're like, oh, the, the call is booked, like goal completed. No, not at all. We need to get them to show up and we need to get them to convert. And again, this may seem obvious, but there's little thought I, I see given to after somebody books. So that's the funnel up until that point. And then the two supporting things that I have from the time they book leading up to the call, as well as leading up to when they are you know, signing on with us is this really amazing email sequence and supporting retargeting ads that are not about what we're taught we're supposed to do, which is like showing the possibility for them and talking about their pain points. Like, no, it's about me. And so what I'm really, really able to do very nicely is build this connection and relationship and know, like, and trust at a level that goes beyond what we know as like personal brand, which is ultimately still manufactured. Like it's actually me existing as myself 
being really, really clear on the type of messaging that I'm putting out there so that the right people can, you know, self-select themselves as being the right people for me. And what this system ends up creating overall is that competition actually becomes irrelevant. Like nobody's getting on the phone with me saying I'm weighing different, you know, ads agencies. They're like, I want to buy from Jennifer. I actually don't care what she's selling. And so (laughs) creates a really cool experience where like sales calls are just super fun. And, you know, I've been running this funnel for quite some time and it's been really, really, really successful and easy. That just everything about it. I mean, you said it yourself. It breaks every rule yes. you've ever heard. <laughs> I'd love to dig into the, some of the finer points of the funnel. So first off, when you are driving to cold audiences, are these lookalikes or, you know, how are you finding your audiences? I've had my greatest success with two things. Number one, lookalikes. For me specifically, it's a lookalike of my website visitors because I, for years, have been getting really great referral and word of mouth traffic. So my website visitors, for me, are my best source to then use for a lookalike. There are other people who, you know, are amazing on Instagram. And so in that case, they should choose, you know, their Instagram engagement audience for a lookalike. For me, it's my website. And then the other one, which again, kind of defies all rules and makes no sense, is literally women in a certain age bracket who like digital marketing. Like I'm dead serious. Like that's it. It's like the most broad. And even my lookalikes, I don't narrow them very much at all. So it really, really is saying, hey, Facebook, I trust you to like cast this wide net And the messaging in my ads, my landing page, my application form, then do the job of saying saying to somebody like, hey, you're not the right person. Cool. Okay. And then when when they go to the landing page, you mentioned that you list the price. Is there like an order you do it in or how big is the font? Like, I'm sure there is someone listening that's like, yeah, but how do you, how do you put it? It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not on the like the landing page itself. It's in the application form. Oh, so okay. Basically, you know, what I, I've like really A-B tested and tweaked and iterated a million times my application form because I was not willing to accept like what feels like the norm in high ticket sales, which is people like getting to the end of the call and being surprised by the price. Like I just said, no, I'm not doing that. Like that is not efficient and effective for my own time. And why do I need to hide what I charge? Like, I feel really good about it. Why would I not just put it out there? So there's a couple of different ways that I sort of reference price or speak to price or try to price qualify in the application form. Because again, I found, you know, one mention of it or like the standard price qualifying question, which is how much revenue do you make? Both of those things fell short in really qualifying and then giving me a picture of if someone was a fit or not. The Mm -hmm sort of bold statement that I have is there's a question on my form that says, you understand that this is our agency fee and this is our minimum ad spend. Please type got it to confirm that you understand because I found it was too passive to have them check a box. People didn't listen. So I literally make them like out loud in quotations, affirm that they understand the investment level. Wow. And so does that mean anybody that doesn't type exactly got it, that it's just, they're an automatic no? 
So I would assume that there are a lot of people that get there and that stops them and they don't book, which is exactly what I want. And that's amazing. Um, And every once in a while, most kind of shocked by this, but you know, it is the internet. Every once in a while, there will be somebody who will be like, no, I can't afford that. Or that's a lot. And then I obviously, you know, email them and I just say, Hey, just wanted to let you know, like, these are the pricing options. You know, if, if it's definitely not a fit, I'm happy to connect you to, you know, someone else that may have um, different pricing, but I'm going to cancel the call. That's super cool. Okay. And then I was curious too, about any other specific questions that you asked to make sure that they're the right client for you? Because, you know, you mentioned that you have ads that talk about who you are, but how do you make sure that these are your clients? So really it's more just assessing the seriousness because we do work number one with so many different types of clients. Like we don't really specialize in a certain industry. So for me, my, you know, the type of client we work with is more about like a cultural fit. Right. So like it would be really attracted to like, you know, all like the like really super fun feminist messaging that we have that's like front facing. Right. So I think really the ads and the landing page call in only the right people. And by the time they get to the application form, it's now just making sure they understand the level of investment and that booking this call is for serious people, not tire kickers. So I ask obviously the standard, like what's your revenue? Although I have found across the board that that is actually a terrible measure of whether somebody's a good fit or not. I've seen like the craziest things where people, you know, they may have four seven figure businesses, but this one, you know, business they're thinking of is new and they say they have no revenue. And it's like, okay, that's not the true picture. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. People are so bad at filling out this form. Um, But that is one. I also It's so funny. I also ask when they're planning to start advertising. I find that that makes it really real and, you know, kind of forces them to say, oh, this is really about actually starting ads, not just like, you know, asking a bunch of questions. I have the price qualification form. And then the last thing, which is my favorite, before the absolute last thing, you have to check this box before you book a call with me. And it says, we don't work with douchebags. Uh, check here to confirm that you are not a douchebag. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. In, in something that can be so serious, you inject a lot of personality. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. And even more than that, one of the coolest things I've seen is sometimes the question where they have to like type got it around the price. People will type, I've seen things like got it, and then they're continuing to type wow, that was scary, but okay. Like, I think I'm ready, you know, and it's, people are having transformational experiences, freaking filling out my application form. Like, Hey, DM listeners. Did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Oh, that is just the coolest thing to say that they're like getting over their own fear just by filling out an application. Like where else does that happen? Yeah, that's super cool. And this is this is a a data 
nerd form question, but is this like a step form or just one long? It's one long form. I do it. I personally use schedule once, you know, most of the other people I'm building out the system for have either schedule one security or Calendly. And I prefer the form like in the booking process. I don't like having it separate. I don't like having it before or after it's one thing you're in the schedule once booking widget. You have to fill out all these questions on one page and then you're able to complete your booking. Got it. Okay. So then they book and then they have a call. So in the meantime, are you doing anything to nurture them on the call? Is this when the retargeting ads happen? Or I guess they wouldn't be retargeting, but they would be in a way. (laughs) Here's the thing. There's two pieces. Number one, the fact of the matter is whether you're in this funnel or not, if you have any touch point with me, like on the internet in any way, shape or form, I will follow you around until you die. That's just how we do things over here. Yes, you will. And I love it. (laughs) There's constant retargeting ads running, which, by the way, again, break all the rules. There's some training, there's some credibility stuff, but there's also like an ad that I've literally spent like not an insignificant amount of money on. That's a picture of my cat laying on my laptop. Like it is very me. It's my personality. It's the real raw stuff. So that if you have a touch point with me in any way, shape or form, you can't help but kind of build that connection with me because you start to see me everywhere. So that definitely does kick in upon someone landing on the page. So they would be in that audience um, already when they do book. But the one thing that does trigger as soon as they book is my email sequence. So this is like, okay, they book, They get the confirmation email. That's the standard thing that everybody has. One hour later, they get something else. And then it triggers every um, 24 hours additional emails that, you know, really are, again, just focused on building that connection, on having them feel like they know me. And that's the anecdotal feedback that I get all the time. People are showing up to my sales calls. And before I even say a word, they are saying, I didn't know you existed three days ago. I love you. I want to pay you. I want to be your best friend. I feel like I know you. And what if all your sales calls started that way? I mean, then they're not even sales calls. They're just like (laughs) having a fun time. But at the end of it, you get paid. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Sounds incredible to me. It's really fun. You know, it's just, it's always been really important to me that business like actually feels good, which sometimes feels like a crazy, a crazy thing to put a stake in the ground on. But that's one of the pieces that I love most about this. Like, yes, the results, but also that it allows me to just exist as myself and, you know, make lots of money and serve lots of people. So you led me in the perfect direction for the next question, but also I want to ask about your email. Is it okay if we go into the emails? Okay. What the hell is even in those emails? You're not selling them anything. They already booked a call with you. What are you, what are you telling these people? (laughs) Okay. So I, and, and again, it wasn't like I said, Oh, let me create this messaging system. It was that I was inside of it and realized, Oh, I guess this is what I'm doing. Let me try and make it a little bit more formulaic. So where I've landed is that it really comes down to four key messaging buckets. Okay. So the first one is credibility. That's where we all live as business owners. Okay. If you look at your own marketing, anyone that's listening, like 90% of what you have is in that realm, right? It's the stuff that we're taught. It's the case studies, the testimonials, the look at how smart I am. Awesome. We need that. 
but that's just one piece. The second bucket is personality. That's the quirkiness. That's the weirdness. Like, what's your weird? How do we make sure that you're not just in a sea of other ads managers, social media people, web designers, whatever, that you really stand out because you're, you know, in my case, it's, you know, a lot of the cat lady stuff. I, you know, I got a lot of stuff with my cats. And then also like, you know, I just like really like, like nice stuff. And so that it becomes like a little bit of part of the brand as well on my travel, but definitely just making sure that my personality is like super clear throughout. There's a lot of cursing, like, you know, talking about feminism and the things that matter to me. Okay. So that's bucket number two. Bucket number three is vulnerability. Now there's a level of vulnerability that gets incorporated into your quote unquote personal brand. And this, in order to work, has to go a level higher. So it isn't about what's the, you know, rags to riches story that I can tell. It's like, what's the story you have to tell? Like, take away your business. Like, as a human being on this planet, what is the story that you have to tell? And then the the side benefit is that also it's helpful for business and money. But that if that's the point and the come from, you're missing something. So for me, obviously, look, it doesn't matter whether or not I'm making money. Um, talking about my experience with domestic violence and how problematic it is that there's this financial aspect that nobody knows about is something that I must talk about. If I, you know, were homeless, I would stand on the street and talk about it. So that, you know, there's a, a very personal, vulnerable story in a lot of my marketing, but in particular, my third email in the sequence. And I think that it, you know, is a, a huge part of what works so well. And then the last piece is the feel good, the contribution, the in addition to feeling like this person knows her stuff, is someone I'd want to hang out with and I can connect with her, I can also feel good about spending my money with this company. So for some people that is charity, nonprofit partnerships and things like that. I have some other clients who for them, it's that, you know, they have a pro bono program where, you know, they do something for a nonprofit delivering a service every year. I have another client who was like, well, for us, it's just our commitment to diversity and making sure that we hire and work with people of color and LGBTQ people. So it doesn't have to be about charity. And I don't think, you know, you should make that up if that's not, you know, already sort of baked into how you do things. But it's the, oh, I can feel good about spending my money here because peace. So it's those four buckets that that also influences the retargeting ads as well. But I'm really, really clear on those four buckets, what they are for me. And it's just like, it's just sharing that information and getting it out there because that by nature creates human authentic connection. And that's often what's missing, right? We're often like, hire me, but don't get too close. Like, don't look. Don't look too close. Let me give you the personal, let me give you the personal brand that I did. And it's like, okay, okay, fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but I I have like a a character flaw and that I don't know how to be anything else other than myself. Like I just don't. And so it, it is, it's an opportunity. It's a moment to just exist as yourself in business. Like that seems pretty cool to me. I think that's super cool. And, and I think even kind of growing up, you have, an image of what it is to be a business person. <laughs> and when you get started in the industry, you kind of are like faking being this like real professional person. And then as you 
become more experienced, you're like, okay, well, I guess it worked. And then you just kind of shut off some of those parts of yourself. But I think this is a good lesson for, for some people out there. I have a photo shoot next week and I just bought a shirt for it that says serious businesswoman. So it's like, you know, and that's me, me trying to be a serious businesswoman, whatever that means. I love that. Have you seen Romy and Michelle? Yeah. The businesswoman's lunch special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Cool. Well, there was one thing that you had mentioned. So now we know all about the funnel. We know the audiences that you're drawing into your ad, where you're sending them, what they're filling out, they're booking a call, you're nurturing them, and then retargeting with the same type of content that you're sending via email. So you had mentioned something earlier about how you want to do business that feels good. And I know this connects to how you accidentally discovered this funnel. So now I want to hear that story of how this even came about. I don't know if anyone that's listening can relate, but I just felt like for years my business was growing, but it was so reliant on word of mouth and referrals. And look, that's awesome, right? That's so great. But it has you not in control of your own growth. And that, like, I'm a Taurus. I need to be in control. Like, that really (laughs) drove me insane. I couldn't stand it. And we were running funnels for all of these clients, a lot of coaches, by the way, who were selling high ticket. And I'm thinking, we've built this system for them that allows them to say, oh, every time I spend $500 on ads, I make a $5,000 sale. They're in control of their own growth. Why can't I have that same system? And so figuring out how to systematize and have more control over my own lead generation was like an obsessive thought for years. And I just felt like most of what was out there in terms of how to market yourself if you sell high ticket is actually way more geared towards coaches. It's way more geared towards, you know, do it yourself and done with you types of offers because it includes a lead magnet, a webinar funnel, like something that has an element of training. And that, like the more I took that apart in my head, the more I'm like, I don't think my people like care at all about, you know, learning about Facebook ads. Like it's, I'm, I would be running ads to lead magnets and getting great costs, but the translation over to actually, you know, signing on with us wasn't happening and it wasn't clicking. So really truly on a whim, I just said, I don't know, like, could it hurt to test just sending traffic to a totally cold audience to book a call? Let me set it at, you know, $10, $15 a day. No real loss. If nothing happens, I'll just retarget those people. They'll be in my retargeting audience. And, you know, I set it up really simply, not a lot of thought to it. And, you know, let it be. And then I forgot to check it. Like, that's really the, you know, the... (laughs) The, spe- the special sauce in this system is that I <laughs> forgot about it because as an ads manager, your inclination is to test and tweak and touch and not let the algorithm do its thing. And that's what I would have done if I you know, didn't get busy and forget about it, but I did. And by letting it be like for the first two weeks, like kind of nothing happened. And then all of a sudden it was like, 
oh, I got a call this week. Oh, I got two calls this week. And then it just took off like wildfire to the point where I was getting, you know, multiple calls booked a week, still spending like, you know, 20 to 30 bucks a day, like not even really dramatically scaling it. And it just, the algorithm got to do its thing. I let it be. And then all of a sudden I'm kind of looking around going, oh, I think I've built a system. Like it was not nearly as methodical as I can describe it now in terms of like finding it. It was just, I was trying a bunch of things and all of a sudden I was inside of something that worked. And, you know, this was also in the midst of like when COVID, you know, really when it had taken over and kind of the whole world stopped, it was an especially interesting time to say, I finally cracked lead gen and we're doing so well when I'm watching agencies literally close their door left and right because of COVID. And so that's when I said, okay, I think I'm onto something here. I'm going to turn this into, into a system. And, you know, I waited until I had enough months of data. I didn't want to, you know, be that person that makes one sale and then creates a course about it. So I really, really waited until I felt like this has been validated and it's, it's real. And, you know, here we are and it's still working. That's super awesome. And, and I love just kind of, it was kind of a bit of an awe and then a ha. You know, it was like, ah, yeah, they probably don't want to like learn how to do this if they're looking for done for you. And then when it worked, you're like, ha, (laughs) you know, that validation. Yes, 100%. You know, uh, some of the things that I now, you know, can confidently say about the system were not a thought process in the beginning. It was just kind of figuring it out and then saying, well, why is this working? Oh, okay, this this concept, this idea actually makes sense. It wasn't about listing out all the buckets and then being strategic with my messaging. It was going back and saying, okay, accidentally something works here. Let me see like what this is. And, you know, since I kind of pulled out, I guess, the system out of what I was doing, I started implementing it with other people to kind of see, okay, is this just some random fluke with me or is it really a system? And so, you know, it's been only a couple months, but, but the initial data is that I found something that works and that feels good. That doesn't require, you know, chasing leads and freaking out about where you're getting your leads from. It doesn't require super long lead times or spending hours on the phone with somebody that's never going to buy from you because they don't want to pay your fees or, you know, super custom proposals, tons of follow-up, like puke, I'm not interested. And so, you know, I really built something that was like fun. That's super cool. And now you're launching the Million Dollar Agency Program. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So so the first thing that I did when I said, okay, I think I want to teach this to people is I implemented it one-on-one with five people because I really wanted validation before I created a program. And so after that went well, we're actually in the midst of it now of uh, about halfway through delivering this beta program, calling it Million Dollar Agency. And it really is just a done with you program that teaches the exact system that I use. So obviously one side of it is the technical, like here's the funnel, and I share everything. So I like, here's my funnel, share it into your account. Here's my email sequence, copy it to make it yours. I've got some ads managers in there. I'm like, if you want to use my thing verbatim, like go for it, go for it. Like 
totally fine. So I give people everything. And so, you know, one side of it is, again, the structure of the funnel and all of the elements. And then the other side, which now that we're in the second half of the beta program we're getting into is money mindset, sales mindset, like, you know, really more of the side of how do we do this strategically in a way where it also feels good and where we can have, you know, energy and law of attraction on our side while we also operate inside of, you know, a very data-driven, conversion-oriented funnel and process. There's something about that sentence that was like so oxymoronic, (laughs) but it also super works and it's so you. I love that. Yeah. You know what? I don't know that I've ever said it that way. Sometimes things just come out of my mouth and I'm like, that is really good. I should write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, this is such good stuff. Before before we get into the final little bits, I do want to ask about, you know, you're you're an expert in Facebook and Instagram ads. And for some people listening, you know, they might be like, oh, the the agency thing is really cool. And some are just listening because they listen to the podcast and they might want a little something, something for themselves. So what can you tell us right now about what's going on in advertising in paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram? You know, yeah, I am really against, not against, that's too strong of a word, but I don't ever like to say this is what's really working right now, where you should exclusively be doing this. At the end of the day, I've been doing this for 11 years. You know, I was learning Facebook ads when Facebook ads first became a thing. So I've kind of been in it, you know, for as long as it's existed. And any of the quick fads, trends, oh, it's video right now. Oh, it's lead ads right now. Like all of those things maybe have a blip for a moment and also are never, you know, exclusive to every single person. It always, always, always comes down to number one, just like marketing 101 stuff, amazing messaging and offer that people actually want and knowing the customer decision journey that your people want to go through so that you can honor that. And then lots of strategic and structured testing. People always want to know the secret, like, There it is. And granted, when you're at certain spend levels, like there are definitely technical aspects that you want to be, you know, well-educated in and understand. But the foundation of everything that we do is the marketing 101 stuff, the good foundations, and then lots of testing to essentially let people actually tell you what they want to go through and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because it can be, really easy to sit around in a room and think, oh, I know what people will click on. But every time we send out an email, we have like five different subject lines. Everyone's fighting for the one we all think is going to win is the one that no one likes. (laughs) It's, it's incredible. Like people will always surprise you. And yeah, the data, the data is where it's at. The data speaks for itself. Always. You can't argue with data. I love data. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jennifer, we're at the, the last part of the episode. And before I ask you the final question that I have, I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can find out more about you, how they can work with you and anything else. 
So perhaps unsurprisingly, my social media channel of choice is Facebook. Definitely, if you just want to connect with me or learn anything about specifically the Million Dollar Agency program, I think just finding me on Facebook, Jennifer Spivak, everything under my name would be the easiest. And then uh, my website is www.jenniferspivak.com. You can always easily find me between those two places. And my last question is a question we ask every first time guest on the podcast. So Jennifer, I'd love to know if you could tell yourself back in time, the you who started this journey before you even started this journey, maybe when it was like just a little seed in your mind, if you could tell that Jennifer, anything at all, knowing what you know now, what would you tell her and why? Oh, that's a good one. It would be something around, you know, this is one thing that comes up for me a lot. It's like, there are no rules. There are no rules. Because I was in my early 20s when I first started thinking about starting a business. And the story was, in my early 20s, (laughs) what do I know? Like, how can I do this? And, you know, the more I've been in business, the more success we've had it's obvious that that was irrelevant, that I really could have, you know, done even more, even more quickly. And at every level in business, there are stories we have, rules that are in place. Well, I can't do this because of this, or this has to happen first. And I continuously see that all of that is BS. So there are no rules, collapse time, you can create whatever the hell you want. That's awesome. We've had a few people say similar things like the, I think Brad Martineau said the walls are tinfoil, like Ooh, break them down. Oh. There are no rules. Walls are tinfoil. Good. Oh, just live your good. life. Yeah. Wow. Well, this was just an absolutely awesome conversation. Thank you so much for going through your entire funnel <laughs> with me and yeah, for just delivering, delivering on some awesome marketing nerdings, nerding talk. <laughs> Thank you for, for having me. I hope it was helpful. Awesome. Well, and to you out there listening, thank you so much for joining us today. It means so much to have a little bit of your day each week and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.